Luke. Jesus said, I say to you that listen, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you. If anyone strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. And from anyone who takes away your coat, do not withhold even your shirt. Give to everyone who begs from you. And if anyone takes away your goods, do not ask for them again. Do to others as you would have them do to you. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. If you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. If you lend to those from whom you hope to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to receive as much again. But love your enemies, do good, and lend, expecting nothing in return. Your reward will be great, and you will be the children of the Most High, for he is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For the measure you give will be the measure you get back. Here ends the lesson. At this time, I want to invite um, Monica, Reverend Monica Hargrove to, um, to share the word with us. Good morning, members and friends of St. Michael's Episcopal Church. It is indeed a pleasure for me to be able to share in this worship service with you today. First of all, I'd like to thank Rector Beth Franklin for the invitation, for her gracious introduction, and for extending me this opportunity to worship with you and share a word from God today. This seventh Sunday after the Epiphany on Sunday, February 20th in the year of our Lord, 2022. Somebody ought to say amen just to be alive and to be present wherever you are, because we have been through so much these last two and a half years with the pandemic. And now the light has begun to shine. And we thank God for the shining of that light for beginning to bring us now. I greet you in the matchless name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Uh, as I got on this Zoom virtual service this morning from the sanctuary of Lomax, I thought it was appropriate for the two sanctuaries to be shown because truly we have fellowship together. We have grown together in love and we didn't just get brought together in the pandemic. It began quite some time ago. I'd like to thank Pastor Nelson, the pastor of Lomax AME Zion Church, for granting me the opportunity to be able to share in this worship service, to acknowledge our First Lady, Tina Nelson, and also to extend a thanks to Sister Brenda Cox, 
without whom this fellowship probably would not have begun because she knew members of St. Michael's. She reached out. We have fellowship together through our senior ministry, through our women's ministry. As, uh, as Rector Franklin mentioned, we were together in racial reconciliation studies through our pastor and your pastor and through discussions and strategy sessions. I feel like we know one another and it's good that this Sunday morning, our worship service is an integrated one, especially during African-American History Month. So again, I greet you in the matchless name of, of God and I thank you for the opportunity to be in your presence. As a member of Lomax, I have enjoyed the many opportunities that we've had to worship, to study, and to fellowship together. And uh, again, I thank uh, uh, Rector Franklin for the opportunity to be here. And I would like to say that uh, the scripture that God placed on my heart today is one that has been shared in your hearing. It's from the Gospel of Luke at chapter 6. And our focus will be on verses 27 through 36 of that passage. And I'm going to reread it from the New Revised Standard Version. Bear with me. It's titled Love for Enemies. But I say to you that listen, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who abuse you. If anyone strikes you on the cheek, Offer the other also, and from anyone who takes away your coat, do not withhold even your shirt. Give to everyone who begs from you. And if anyone takes away your goods, do not ask for them again. Do to others as you would have them do to you. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. If you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. If you lend to those from whom you hope to receive, what credit, again, is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to receive as much again. But love your enemy. Do good and lend, expecting nothing in return. Your reward will be great, and you will be children of the Most High, for he is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. And for our brief time this morning, please prayerfully pray with me from the thought, loving our enemies what makes loving one another so hard? Loving our enemies. What makes loving one another so hard? Let us pray. Dear God, we are grateful for another opportunity to gather in your presence. Even though we've gathered from our respective places, we are on one accord because we have gathered to worship you the one true God, the one who created us in your image. Now, God, we ask that you would breathe on us the breath of life. Breathe on us from your word. Breathe on us that we might be the better as a result of our time together, of our worship together, of our study together, 
of our fellowship together. God, send your Holy Spirit, who is the only true teacher. Please breathe on all of us the breath of life. Do your word at this hour. This is our prayer. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Around the world this week, many people celebrated a special day, Valentine's Day, on Monday. And we know that Valentine's Day is a day when we celebrate our love for special persons. Valentine's Day, also called St. Valentine's Day, or the Feast of St. Valentine, is celebrated annually on February 14th. And what many of you don't know is that it originated as a Christian feast day, honoring one or two early Christian martyrs named St. Valentine. And through later folk traditions, it has become a significant secular holiday in many places, in fact, throughout the world, with many commercial celebrations of romance and love, often involving acts of kindness and gifts, ranging from cards and flowers to candy to jewelry to romantic dinners. You fill in the blank on what your favorite way of celebrating Valentine's Day is. I dare say practically everybody in our presence today had some form of celebration, whether you're single or whether you're married, no matter what, somebody said happy Valentine's Day to you on Monday. If only we could celebrate our love for one another every day, not just one day a year on Valentine's Day, but every day. For we know that love makes the world go round. We know that God is love. In fact, in 1 John 4, 16, we read from the New Revised Standard Version, so we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love, and those who abide in love abide in God, and God abides in them. We know that God tells us to love one another as he has loved us. From John 15, verses 9 through 12, we read again from the New Revised Standard Version. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. I have said these things to you so that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be complete. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. So as we reflect on this passage from the Gospel of Luke at chapter 6, verses 27 through 36 on loving our enemies, I invite each of you to ask yourself for personal reflection, what makes loving one another so hard? And why do we find it difficult to share love, especially with our enemies? The gospel writer Luke records very interesting words from Jesus himself, words that he shared during an important teaching called his Sermon from the Plains, which we learned so much about last Sunday from a sermon preached by our pastor at Lomax. When Jesus provided insight to all gathered, 
both his disciples as well as a great multitude of people from various places far and wide, from the region of Judea, from Jerusalem, and from the coast of Tyre and Sidon. In fact, Jesus wasn't just preaching to the disciples. He was preaching to a multitude that had gathered to hear what the great Jesus had to say, to receive insights for living life in a godly manner. And although he began this important teaching on blessings and curses that occur based on the choices that we make, choices to live righteously or to be evil, which Jesus described in which Luke uh, describes in verses 20 through 26 of chapter 6. In the pericope chaired for today's sermon, Luke talks about the importance of loving our enemies. The importance of loving our enemies. I dare say that many of us have encountered people that are very hard to like, let alone love. Somebody should just say amen on that point alone. Without calling out any names, think back to your childhood and about that grammar school classmate who was always doing something to harass you, or that child in your neighborhood who was always bullying, bullying you, or that person even in your Sunday school class who was always disrupting the flow of the lesson, or the in-crowd group at your high school, you know, the popular sports team members, or nerdy, studious kids, or the elite ones with the latest and greatest designer clothes and shoes and jewelry and even cars. I am sure that many of you could call out their names now, even though this was many years ago, just from the descriptions that were just given of those individuals. And most of us remember people that fall in one or more of those categories. In fact, some of us don't need to think back that far if the truth be told. We can think of individuals right now that we struggle to love. They just get under our skin for a variety of reasons. And if the truth be told, this requirement to love those people is very hard for us even today. And now as we re-examine Luke's account of Jesus's admonition to all that were gathered in this crowd, we see that Jesus issued specific instructions about loving our enemies and even described persons that would generally be considered our enemies, like those who do not have our best interests at heart, those who would not want to like us or be our friend on our special social network group today, no matter what social media account might be involved. In fact, the dictionary provides us with the definition of the word enemy uh, when that definition is not included in the text. And the dictionary definition defines an enemy as one who we don't like, who we don't get along with, to be an enemy of the state, someone who is disruptive. Um, and so we understand that enemies are persons that are difficult for us to get along with. Luke records that Jesus said that we are to do good to those who hate us, to bless those who curse us, and to pray for those who abuse us. So in the text from Luke, 
Jesus doesn't define an enemy, but he gives examples of the kinds of things that those that we might find hard to love or to like would do. And those would hate us. I would say a hater is an enemy. Those who would curse us rather than bless us, I would say they too probably would be enemies. And those who would abuse us instead of treat us in a loving manner, who we've been admonished to pray for, those too would be enemies. When I read these words, I think of those brave leaders in the early civil rights movement in America. I think especially of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and of the members of the Southern Christian Leadership Conference, the SCLC, and the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee, the SNCC. I think of Dr. King's strong belief in and advocacy of nonviolent protest as the way of love, of loving even those who pursued the social justice protesters with dogs, with hoses, with billy clubs, with guns, with knives, and other violent articles and techniques to silence them from uh, pursuing human rights, which we as Americans were taught that we were endowed to hold by our creator God, rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Jesus tells the huge crowd of people assembled on the plane and us to love people like this our enemies, those who hate us, those who curse us, those who abuse us. This is the way of Christ. Hard for us to imagine that loving those would be the way of Christ. In the gospel according to Luke, we read further that we must love them, that Jesus tells us that we have to turn the other cheek if an enemy strikes us, that we must give even more to those who take things from us and that we must not beg them to to take things back, but we just must give out of the goodness of our hearts, even if they don't ask and even if they would take, because that is what love does. Love takes positive action. Love reaches out. Love gives not expecting anything in return. And love gives because we give, because we do unto others as we expect them to do unto us. And so love just keeps on loving. Love just keeps on giving. Love just keeps taking positive steps no matter what is given in return. So Jesus instructs us in great detail in what to do. Love your enemies. Unless we want to create our own definition of this love that he requires, he gives us examples of things that we should do to demonstrate this love, and more importantly, what we should refrain from doing in order to meet the requirements of loving our neighbors. So again, I ask, what makes loving our enemies so hard? Why can't we and why don't we love our enemies as Christ instructs in this sermon from the plains? We must first realize as we reflect on what Christ requires in our love of our enemies that Jesus is talking about a special kind of love in this passage. Here he is speaking of agape love, which is different from the passionate love experienced between husband and wife 
which we know as eros, or the love we have with our nearest and dearest friends, which we know as filio. Filio love describes an emotional connection that goes beyond acquaintances or carnal friendship, and it's sometimes referred to as brotherly love. But agape love is the type of love that is both of the heart and of the will. It means that it doesn't come just naturally. We have to will it so. We have to take positive action to be involved in agape love, to embrace people who spit on us, to embrace people who call us names, to embrace people who show no love for us. It takes a special love only given by God, illustrated by Jesus in order to participate in agape love. Agape love, in other words, requires us to take positive actions to love one another. Not just those who we are already in relationship with, not just the next door neighbor, not just my son or my daughter, not just my grandparents, not just my coworkers, although sometimes if the truth be told, we don't love them either, but to offer love to those even that we are not in relationship with, and including those that we do not desire to be in relationship with. If the truth be told, some of us have already said, no, I don't like that kind of person. I'm not going to speak to that kind of person. This person's been living on my street all these years. I don't have anything to do with them. You know, I I just, this is a long-standing feud, and I'm not going to change. But Jesus is telling us that we must love even those who appear to be unlovable. And it only happens because the love of God is in us. And we follow the love that Christ admonished us to give to others. In the second part of this teaching of Christ, he tells us that some things are easy to do. And others require intentional focus in order to remain obedient to Christ's commandment. So Jesus himself obviously knows and recognizes the difficulty that we will experience in loving our enemies. He tells us that some things don't come easily, that there is a cost of Christian discipleship, that those things that come easily do not always reflect a heartfelt attempt to obey the requirements of God. He says, if we love those who love us, what have we done? What action have we taken for Christ? Jesus says that even sinners love those who love them and do good to those who do good to them and lend to those who lend to them. Jesus tells us that the true test of our obedience to God's requirements of us lies in our loving of our enemies, our doing good and lending when we do not expect anything of them. Reflect on that for a moment not just loving those who can give to us, not just loving the wealthy, not just loving the experience, not just loving the ones who have something to give us in return, not just loving the ones who can benefit us, but loving everybody, irrespective of where they live, irrespective of what their occupations are. Jesus is admonishing us not to expect anything of anyone 
but to expect everything of ourselves, that being to give love, to acknowledge that the love of God is in our hearts. We must demonstrate that through the way we interact with others. In other words, when we give to the person standing in the street with a sign asking for assistance with food, not because we know that the news media is conducting an anonymous contest and is watching to see who gives the most to those in need in a certain community and is promised to reward that individual with a special vacation trip based on his or her generosity toward the one in need, or when we give a generous donation to certain community charity because those who donate over $250 will be listed on the public website, or when we choose which social justice agency to donate time to based on the fact that the president of one agency has promised to extend a summer internship opportunity to a member of my family if I support the organization regularly. Do we get the drift? Do we see how easy it is to compromise our reasons to love others, to help others, to be neighbor to others? So often it's all about us and not about the love of God. Jesus is teaching us in Luke chapter 6 that it must not just be about who gives back to us but they'll know we are Christians by our love by our ability to love our neighbors as ourselves to love our enemies even those who don't befriend us or even in agreeing to share in a church ministry event because of the recognition I will receive by the pastor and members rather than because I want to help meet the needs of that ministry team and the larger community. Jesus says that even sinners lend to sinners to receive the benefits that they expect to attain from lending to those individuals. But Jesus says that we should love our enemies, do good and lend, expecting nothing in return from those that we do good or lend to. We should do what we do because God admonished us to do it. Because God is love. And if we are of God, love will naturally come from us. If we are of God, if we are truly God's disciples, we will choose to do the thing that God admonished us to do, show love. We should remember that our true reward from taking the path of love will come from God and God alone, who is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked, to those who obey him and those who do not. Yes, they will know we are Christians by our love. Jesus is teaching us in this portion of his sermon on the plain that since God loves us, whether we are grateful or not, whether we are obedient or not, whether we obey him or not, that we must also love one another, irrespective of whether we are friends or not, of whether those who approach us with a need like us or show love to us or not. Since God is a God of love, if we are truly his disciples, we too must be people of love, love of all neighbors, black or white, rich or poor, Democrat or Republican, gay or straight, male or female, educated or uneducated. God is saying that his love is not dependent on whether we have been faithful or obedient or somehow earned that love. 
who here has earned the love of God? We have only received by grace his unmerited favor. God expects us to treat one another as he treats us. We are to love one another whether we like one another or not. I'll repeat that one more time. We are to love one another whether we like one another or not. Our love should never be dependent on what we will get in return for extending it. It should be unconditional, just as God's love toward us is unconditional. Jesus says, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Put yourself in the other person's place and see his or her need. If you were in that position, what would you hope that someone would do for you? In other words, love is what you feel prompted to do and not to do, often without even thinking about it and regardless of how you feel about the person or the thing. Love acts toward God and man in such a way that God is glorified and man is edified. And the action is a natural response. It does not require one to count the cost or to exercise judgment about whether the one to whom love might be extended is somehow deserving of the love that one is about to extend. We are all worthy of love in God's eyes because we are all God's children. So there are no big eyes and little views. There are no special persons in God's universe. We are all adopted heirs of God. And aren't you grateful for that today? And aren't you grateful that when you were murdered in sin, when you were living the life that you thought was the right life, somehow God rescued you from that place and brought you into his kingdom and adopted you as a joint heir of years so that you might be able to live with him eternally, so that you might be able to share in the gift of his love and so that you might be able to give the same love that he gave to you. Yes, my beloved, love washes the dishes that were left in the sink by someone else who lives in the house because you appreciate it when you come into a clean kitchen without dishes having been left in the sink, which your husband or children often clean and put away without you even asking. Love buys extra toilet paper, paper towels, or canned goods, not just to hoard for yourself because the pandemic might be coming, or not bottles and bottles of water because we might get another snowstorm, but to provide some food to the food pantry ministry or to keep in your car just in case you see a homeless person outside in need of some of those items so that you can meet that person's need. And love shares gift cards with young adults who are in college or struggling to make it when they are living independently just to encourage them and to show that you know how tough things can be and you want to help out without any expectation in return. Yes, love may even help a niece, a nephew, or a grandchild with their college tuition and book expenses, or with their monthly apartment or rental payment to encourage them to finish getting that degree. So then if love can offer so much that is good, what makes loving our enemies so hard? Number one, it requires us to do something and go the extra mile for others. 
Sometimes for others, we don't know. Sometimes for others, we don't want to know. Sometimes for others, we don't want to help, especially after we know more about them. But number two, if love is so hard, why do we need to love them anyway? Because God requires it of us is the first reason. Second, because God gives it to us out of his mercy. God loves us because he's a merciful God. And he expects us to show the same mercy toward others who stand in the need of love. And because we are recipients of God's love. Because God gave it to me, why can't I give it to somebody else? Because God continues to love me even when I do wrong. Even when I do things wrong, when I know I'm doing them wrong. God still loves me. He still forgives me. And so because we are recipients of God's love, we ought to also be givers of God's love. And because as his disciples, we are required to make new disciples by playing it forward. We have been told to go out and share the good news of the gospel and to share his love and to make other disciples. So if they're going to know that we are Christians by our love, we must be willing to share the love. And finally, God's love is redemptive. That means that when he gives it, it transforms us to be more like him. Somebody ought to say amen, because you remember the time when you weren't like you are today. You remember a time when you would have poked out your nose and said, forget that person. I'm not even looking in their direction, let alone speaking or asking them if they need anything. God's love is redemptive. That means it changes us. It causes us to be more like him. As we reach out in love to him, he restores that love triplefold in us so that we can give it to others and so that we can be redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. And we know that God's love is for everyone. It's for saint and sinner. It's for just and unjust. It's for saved and unsaved. And if we are like God, if we are truly followers of God, we must love like God. What does that mean? That means we must love the saint and the sinner. We must love the just and the unjust. We must love the saved and the unsaved. And yes, not only those we like and those who it's easy to love, but we must love and be merciful even to our enemies. There is no greater example of this love than was shown by Christ on Calvary. For on a hill far away stood an old rugged cross, the emblem of suffering and shame, Yes, my beloved, it was on Calvary, on that old rugged cross, that Jesus was nailed, that he hung, that he suffered, and that he died for all of us. Saint and sinner, just and unjust, saved and unsaved, so that we would have a right to eternal life. And in order to pay the price for us, he not only suffered, bled, and died, but he came down off the cross and appeared before his disciples and others so that our salvation could be secured. So that we could love as he loved us. So that we could go the extra mile. So that we could take positive action and display agape love so that others might receive the benefit of his redemption and go out 
and play it forward. So join in on loving your enemies. You'll find that it's not as hard as you think when you follow the example of Christ. Love one another as Christ loved us. In the name of the Father who sent his Son, who loves us and admonishes us to love our enemies. In the name of Jesus, amen.